Hello, you're listening to the Business Butler Podcast, where we serve you tasty business solutions in bite-sized morsels on a silver platter. And now here's your host, Clayton C. Butler. Good evening, everybody. The Business Butler Live is live. I'm Clayton C. Butler. And I'm Christina Butler. And we're your business butler that serves creative business solutions on a silver platter. Creative business solutions that help you build your authority and credibility in your marketplace and get stuck so deeply in your customers' minds. Jane never coming out. That's right. If you don't believe me, ask us how at the number below one eight three 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 butler or go to butlerhelpme.com. Christina, mm-hmm. what are we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about some brands. Ooh, brands. We're going to talk about some tiny brand stuff and then some big brand stuff. I'm going to gather your opinion about it. <laughs> okay. Your expertise. See, I don't know what she's going to do most of the time before we do these. So, like, she's like, tonight we're just talking about brands. <laughs> I like, got this. Well, what about the brand? <laughs> she's like, like, well, you know, brands. <laughs> she's like, That's don't you do. worry about tonight. I got this. So, I. I'm excited to see where this is going. That's what I said last week, too, y'all. So, brands. We have been on here before, and we have talked about a pasta company and how they hooked up with Spotify and had a playlist that was the exact amount of time for how long you were supposed to boil that type of pasta, right? And in that conversation, we also shared with you other brands who were using Spotify playlists, okay? So this is kind of along those lines, but it's a little bit different. It's not just one brand using another brand, like using a platform like Spotify. This is a show on Netflix called Outer Banks that is set, obviously, in the Outer Banks (laughs) with people who wear Sperry-type shoes. Mm, Boat shoes. Yes. Clay has a pair of Sperrys, and he looks adorable in them, so... (laughs) This really hits home for us. So what Sperry's has done is partnered with them and they have special shoes coming out. So apparently on the Outer Banks show, there are kind of two groups of people. There are like your preppy boaters and then there's the like workers. So we have like blue collar versus white collar. So we got the upper class and we got the working class. Right. Okay. So we have the people who are in the boats, buying the boats using the boats, and then we have the people who are working on the boats. So Sperry's, Sperry or Sperry's? I don't don't know. Oh, my goodness. They have two pair of shoes, one which is more traditional brown boat shoe. Mm -hmm. Like exactly. Just a leather boat shoe. Exactly like the one that you have, actually. (laughs) So that one is for the preppies. That are in the show. In the show, they have names. Like, there's two different groups, and they have names. I'm wearing preppy shoes. And you are. You're in the preppy group. And then, so the others that are the workers, they have a, it's more of a sneaker type, like a slip-on sneaker. It looks very comfortable. But on both of those types of shoes, they have little nods to the show on them. So it might have, like, the little OBX sticker like sticker looking icon right there or on one of them there's another little gold 
little emblem that represents the show. And mm. so they've, they're kind of like a special edition of these shoes that has the stuff from the Outer Banks on the shoe. Mm. And then there's two kinds of shoes because there's two groups of people in the show and it matches perfectly what those people would be wearing in real life. So I, I love this. I love it anytime two brands can come together. And I really liked this because I know that there's a lot of clothing that has like TV shows on it. You know, like you can go in Walmart and you can find shirts with different characters from TV shows, especially in like kids clothes. But this is a licensed from the right license from the show. Yeah. But this is a Netflix original. And that Netflix is partnering with the shoe brand. Yes. That's pretty cool. So this is not like friends or the office. This is a Netflix original show that has a huge following that is now pairing with Sperry's. Hmm. I have never watched Outer Banks, but I have friends who love it. If you read the article, it, it makes the most perfect sense that if you're at the Outer Banks and you've got boats and stuff in your show, obviously Sperry's would be the best partnership for mm-hmm. you. And then for that shoe company to put out shoes. Especially not into the right, show. That's cool. That have specific things on them. Um, so I love that. That was kind of like a little... A little brand story. And it kind of makes you think, who can your brand partner with? It's so good for the show, and it's so good for the shoes. And there's so many different ways that even a small business could partner, not just partner sponsorships. And I mean, that's what it is, essentially, is a brand sponsorship. They're sponsoring the show in exchange for promotional time. I mean, there's so many things, like, you don't even have to think as big as being on a TV show. I mean, you can think as as small as a sponsorship for an event. I mean, you look at folks like Budweiser, they do that all the time. And the big companies can do that, but small companies can do it too. So be on the lookout maybe for like opportunities for events that you could sponsor rather than just putting your logo on something somewhere. See how you could involve the brand that's pretty cool. I like that idea. I think it's great when both groups or both brands can benefit. Well, it's a win-win by you allowing them the exposure. They're paying you, so you get you get monetized. Right. But really, that true partnership, like you're talking about, of the shoe thing, it really is. It's, it's more than a win-win because the show has something special, and then the shoe mm-hmm. has something special from the show. So that's pretty neat. Speaking of sponsorships of events, here's my second brand story. Okay. This is a little controversial. Controversial. This is a little controversial. Controversial. (laughs) It's done stirred up a stank. This is. (laughs) As we say in the South. (laughs) This is not a political show and I'm not sharing opinions at all on this. This is fascinating information to me. So the Olympics, they're coming soon. Opening ceremonies, July 23rd. I think today is the 22nd. So that would be tomorrow. tomorrow. So tomorrow you can watch the opening ceremonies. Of course, hopefully not real time, but when they're they're aired later in the evening and not at 6.30 in the morning since they're coming from Tokyo. But Tokyo right now has 
kind of shut down as much as they can because of COVID. So there are no visitors. There are no audience members to the Olympics. And a lot, uh, I say a lot, to me it's a lot because it's more than one, but there are athletes who are already there who are getting sick Mm. and who have tested positive for COVID. And there, I would say there were like 12 on one day that tested positive. And sometimes, you know, it'll be a group from the same country, but numerous countries have been affected by this. There are representatives that have been sent to um, the Olympics. So in Japan, there is a big outcry that they they wanted to cancel the Olympics. They did not want all of these people gathered together. So shutting the whole thing down. That's what they wanted. I don't know that they necessarily wanted it to move. I think they just wanted to cancel it for this year. I know that they were very proud to have the Olympics coming to their city, as any city who gets the Olympics. But the public there is very, very, very upset. Hmm. Like majority has said, I wish we had just not done them because you're putting all these people's lives in danger by putting them close together, you know. So Toyota has pulled their sponsorship from the Olympics. Mm. So they are still sponsoring the athletes that they have already committed to sponsoring so that on those athletes' websites, you can still find Toyotas as a sponsor. They are also still providing the cars that they had already committed to providing for the staff members and the athletes' transportation. But other than that, they're out. Wow. And so they no commercials, no sponsorship, no right. promotional stuff, no nothing. No signs with Toyota wow. are going to be seen at all on the Olympics. And I know that's that's one of those things like, well, Toyota doesn't really need to advertise at the Olympics, but Toyota is from Japan and it seems like an obvious choice. Yeah, and it's a big pride thing, I'm sure. They a lot of both. They had actually signed a sponsorship contract with the Olympics for 15 years. Mm. I think it's either 10 or 15 years now that I say that. So this is kind of in the middle of that. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize the implication of that. I was thinking it was just they were in their home country. I mean, it worked out nice, but they had signed a contract about five or 10 years ago to, to be a 10 or 15 year sponsor with the Olympics. And it worked out nice that it was in Tokyo because that's where they're from. But the majority of people that work at Toyota do not want the Olympics to be there. They feel that they should have been shut down. So neither here nor there for us. But wow. Mm. You know, it just begs the question, where are you willing to draw the line as, as a brand mm-hmm. to be involved in something? Wow. And that even gets into stuff like brand activism, choosing who not to to sponsor or who not to partner with because you don't like what they're doing. Right. I mean, that kind of reminds me, and I, I think it was Patagonia. I think the the vest, mm-hmm. the puffy vest, <laughs> the puffy fleece, vest, people. fleecy vest people <laughs> have stopped doing partnerships where they will put people's logos on there. That used to be the whole thing. If you enter a corporate event and something, everybody's got the matching embroidered Patagonia jackets, Mm -hmm. but they've decided to stop doing that for a couple of different reasons. And they cite some economic reasons with it too. But if I remember correctly, they even talked about that they don't agree 
with a lot of the financial companies that, that are using them mm-hmm. or things that have negative environmental impacts, things like that. They don't want to be involved with that. Mm-hmm. So, and two, you know, if you think about Starbucks, when I think it was Starbucks, and this might be urban legend, I might just be throwing this out <laughs> there, but when there was an outcry from the Christian community against Starbucks, and they're like, well, if you're a Christian, just don't shop here. We don't want your business. So, like, even where you're willing to take a bold stance mm-hmm. and look at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. you know, their stance on traditional biblical principled, you know, biblical values and stuff versus what's culturally acceptable. You would think that all those people that would boycott or whatever would would be a detriment. But instead, it turns around that you've got a lot more support from the real staunch brand constituents. And I think that's the same on, on both sides. Being polarizing in your marketing is not a bad thing. You don't want to serve everybody. You don't want to cater to everybody. You want to know who your core base of fans and followers and brand constituents and customers and client base comes from. You want to focus on them, and to a certain extent, you want to cut everybody else out. You want that exclusivity with your brand, even if it's cultural. Alan Weiss, I've been reading a lot of his stuff lately. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the consulting world, you you have heard of Alan Weiss. And if, if you haven't, you're just not in the consulting world. But <laughs> But Alan Weiss talks about his whole deal was being the contrarian. Everybody was saying... You know, leadership starts at the top. And he's like, I just decided leadership starts in the middle. And then they're like, well, what What do you mean by that? Well, now he's got a segue, see, mm-hmm. because he's made something that's contrary, that's against the grain to everything else. And now he's got an in. He's got you hooked. It's not only with your business brand, but your personal brand, too. What are your values? What do you stand for? I used to want to work with, and and this is going to sound bad, I used to want to work with everybody. I don't want to work with everybody anymore. I found out very quickly there's a segment of the market that although I would love to be able to help them, it is just, it's not fair for where I'm trying to go, which means it's not going to be fair for where they are mm-hmm. and where they're going to go either. And that can be that can be values. That can be a financial decision. There are companies and stuff who cater to people who are startups and just getting started and stuff like that. And there are people that just cut off those startups and say, well, we don't work with startups. We only work if you're over a certain sales volume. And there's a reason for that. Frank Kern talks about you can't catch whales with minnow bait. So. It's in your language. It's in how you portray yourself. If you want a higher tier clientele, it's in how you dress. It's in what you drive. It's in how you speak. It's in how you carry yourself. It's in how your office looks or whatever. If you want to cater to that mid-level thing, you know, like me, I'm, you know, I'm dressed nice, but I'm not in a three-piece suit. But if I was going to an executive of a Fortune 500 company, yeah, I might wear a suit and a tie, but... <laughs> You know, your personal brand is a lot more than just appearance. Mm -hmm. It's about polarization. Everything we do is marketing. 
everything's marketing. Like in your business, everything is branding and everything is marketing. And you have to always be thinking that way. Because your number one priority, you know, if you're not making customers, you know, what's the point of your business? You're a marketer first. I'm not just a business owner. I am a marketer of X, Y, or Z. And then you have to think deeper than that. What does it really mean to the end customer? Like for a car dealership, you're not just marketing cars. You're marketing how the person's going to feel. You're marketing prestige. If you're doing luxury cars, you're marketing safety and security, you're marketing freedom and joy and, and passion. You're marketing sex because guys want the sexy cars to attract the sexy women or vice versa (laughs) or whatever other (laughs) way you want to do that. But you know, you're marketing those things all the time. And I kind of made it off on a tangent, but, Oh, that makes a little bit of sense, though. It makes me think of um, when you started in TV music production. Mm-hmm. And there were opportunities for channels and oh, shows. Yeah. That's the that's the first thing I thought of with that Olympics thing. That. Oh, yeah. <gasps> that was the first thing I thought of. When Clay produced music for um, TV shows, there were opportunities for channels and shows that were not the not, Andy Griffith show. They were not wholesome, not making a judgment call about anything, but they were just not how we live our lives. And, you know, I think it, I did, I'm sorry. Did no, I, you're right. I'm just, I wasn't even thinking about that stuff. I, that was the first thing I thought of. So Clay had to make a decision. Do I want my stuff on that show? You know, and how will anyone know that my music is on that show? And would I even advertise and tell anybody that my music is on that show? Or would I just let my music be on that show and don't tell anybody and I just get the check for it? And it's no big deal. But was that him being true to his personal brand? Yeah. How much do know? I personally want to contribute to this thing mm-hmm. that I don't feel comfortable contributing to? In a, in a different way, that's exactly where Toyota yeah. is exactly where Patagonia is. Yeah, Toyota said that they, the head of Toyota said they just weren't comfortable participating and sponsoring something that so many of their employees were so upset about. And, you know, whether we agree with that, a head of a company who withdraws from sponsoring the Olympics, I don't know that you can get bigger than that. I mean, that's bigger than the Super Bowl. And it's about I mean, the biggest yeah, I don't know that you can get bigger than sponsoring the Olympics. And for them to make that decision, if I was an employee of Toyota, whether that was how I thought, I would be so glad that the head of my company, even if I was just a little person at Toyota, that they took their employees' thoughts and how they felt about that and made a huge financial decision. They don't tell how it, if it just cuts off the contract of their sponsorship or if the next time the Olympics are in a city, if they'll be back with sponsoring again. You know, I don't know all that, but could you imagine sponsoring? You know how you said sponsor an event or, you know, like get your name on the coasters and stuff? Could you imagine sponsoring an event? that then all of a sudden wasn't going to have a live audience. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of things, a lot of conferences that I attended last summer and they were all virtual. And these people thought that they were going to have, they purchased merch of their brands to sell at these, at or these live <laughs> events. Yeah. And then they just had to kind of send it out you know, through the mail and it was all virtual. So I couldn't imagine signing up to be a sponsor for something that then decided to go virtual or just not have a live audience. But it just really makes you think, how far will your brand go? You know, I know the story about Netflix and the shoes. Like, I mean, that's not really one of those stories. That was just a cool partnership that I like. Um, You call them cross promotions. McClay is really good at thinking of other companies that your company can work with where you kind of like aren't competing. You're in different areas, but the people who may go to your company also go to their company and it just kind of works. Yeah. There's a, there's a book about that. Let me see if I can find it. While you're looking for that, I'll say that, there's also something that I'm fascinated by and that's becoming the supplier of a new thing. So for example, like with the website that a lot of teachers are on where they're selling their worksheets called teachers pay teachers, instead of some people getting in the competition of that, they decided to supply the teachers with clip art or Mm -hmm. supply the fonts, you know, different things like that. Yes. That whole anecdote or, Whatever the only people that got rich during the gold rush in the 1800s were the people selling the picks and shovels. Yeah. So sell the picks and shovels so, instead of yeah. trying to strike it rich with the the thing. So being the supplier is not a bad deal. I think that's an interesting way to look at branding yourself too. Mm-hmm. What you got here? This book is called Coopetition, and mm-hmm. I all I could remember was Adam Berger, and I knew that wasn't right, but it's mm-hmm. Adam M. Brandenburger and Barry J. Nailbuff. And it is an excellent book. It's a little bit dated now. It was 1996, but the the principles in the book are still very applicable, and it's very eye-opening. Jay Abraham talks a lot about this, too. Ways to use your competition in your favor or ways to partner with your what seems like competition. If you're in direct competition, it means that they're actually directly competing against you in your market, right? Right. Well, one of the things that you can do is find out, like, if they're trying to sell to their list of of prospects, only a percentage of those are going to buy. Now, that might be the only people that are interested in what they have to offer Mm -hmm. their particular version of this thing. But if you offer a very similar product, whether or not it's in direct competition, you can just say, let me have the leads that you couldn't sell and let me take a crack at it. And then, you know, I'll give you a commission back off of the off the sales of those. So you can, you know, have a win-win type thing. An IT service um, can partner with a computer dealer or something like that. There are ways to, to merge that, mm-hmm. you know, just as a, a non-direct uh, indirect competition working together, like partnering together. And we've helped some other companies with that. But. I think one of those things when you start off, you like you were talking about polarization, you just don't want to leave any money on the table and you want to help everybody and do everything and get your name out there with everything. And you really got to think about where you're going to draw that line. Mm. 
But then when you start looking at your competition, maybe don't look at them as competition. You know, look at how you can partner together. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think there are a lot of small businesses that when partnered together, you know, could could really do some damage, mm -hmm. you know. Well, it's like, you know, real estate agencies and mortgage brokers. Right. Doing stuff together or cross-promoting or... Um, real estate agents and moving companies, mm -hmm. um, and storage companies. Maybe. Yeah. Storage, or it could be anything, you know, anything that your home needs, like you could partner with lawn care companies mm -hmm. and then see if you can negotiate a discount if they buy their house from you. And then if you can sell that service to them, cause if they're new to an area, they're going to need somebody to do that if they don't do it themselves. Right. So, you know, it's thinking outside the box of how can you take opposition and then play on the same team, put them on your side, which is a little bit of a digression from where we started. Well, but, but I, but I think but I guess with the cross promotion stuff. Yeah. yeah that's kind of where I wanted to go. I mean, you would never think of Sperry's having a Netflix original TV shows logo on your Sperry's. Like I just wouldn't have thought that. Mm -hmm. And also it's Netflix. Like, Again, it's not Friends. It's not The Office. Like, it's a Netflix original. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that. I love how things are changing and evolving. And I love that Sperry's. I, don't, I would love to know. I would love to know the whole story. Who reached out first? You know, mm -hmm. did Outer Banks, somebody with Outer Banks call Sperry's? And they were like, hey, since all of our people are wearing your shoes while we're mm -hmm. filming this show. It's probably the other way around. You think so? Yeah. And and now we've been watching some shows that are a few years old now. We've been watching two that stand out, uh, White Collar, and we're watching Burn Notice now. And the, the product placement <laughs> in those shows, like not only am I keenly aware because I'm looking for stuff yeah. like that, but it's so blatantly obvious. Like... They'll say, let me put the directions in the car real quick. Do, 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 do. And we just push this button and look, it'll tell us where to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they'll be driving and it, and it'll say like, there's traffic on the, the 95 and you're, you're like, <laughs> and <laughs> they, then it shows the close up or. Yeah. They do the close up of the logo in the car a mm -hmm. lot. And then when they close the trunk, you know, with the dead body in it, they close the trunk and they. Strategically with the put logo. Put it right there and, with the logo. Yeah. yeah. All the things like that. The burn notice is really not only the vehicles like Hyundai. They had the Hyundai Genesis when they unveiled it. It was there. Cadillac is a sponsor. Um, BMW wow. was a sponsor. Like it's very prominent placement and, and just the way they'll do the shots. It's move. a little, it's awkward. It's like, eh, that's not very natural. And, and always says product placement. Yeah. And then about the third season in Miller Genuine Drafts started sponsoring <laughs> because one of the characters likes to drink <laughs> and it's always, they're sitting there working and they've got the maps of their plan laid out on the thing. And there's the Miller Genuine Draft right there, <laughs> perfectly positioned as the camera zooms out. With and, the label turned the right way. Yeah. Or... Or he'll he'll take a sip and then sit it down in just the right way, and then they'll do the close up. <laughs> I mean, it's just wow. But always be on the lookout for opportunities for ways that you can 
leverage somebody else's audience and somebody else's customer base for your benefit. And if you make it a win-win for them, you know, all the better. And you have to, I mean, it has to be financially or, you know, otherwise, even, even if it's a barter type deal, it has to be mutually advantageous, but be on the lookout for how you can leverage other people. For example, for us, we're trying now to partner with other companies that do business services like printing or taxes or whatever the supply business, say the local office furniture store that we have in town. It's a mom and pop, but it's somebody that we're, you know, thinking about partnering with because people coming in looking for business stuff or things related to business obviously are in business. So they might need what we have to offer. And there's an opportunity to do a cross promotional thing there. So Clay's working with a training company right now. And the thing that they're training on, you have to buy a couple of supplies to train your own company. And one of the ideas was to hook up with the providers of those supplies. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, not it's the pick and ax from the gold rush. You know, if you're going to need these supplies, then let me start selling those supplies. Let me get with those people and hook up. Yeah. Or I'm doing this and I know they're going to need to come to you. If I refer these people to you, give me a commission for that. Mm -hmm. And they'll gladly do it because you're giving them business. And if they don't do it, that something's wrong, but yeah. If you need help thinking of cross promotions that you can call this guy at one eight one eight three 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 Butler at Butlerhelpme.com, my favorite website ever. And Clay will be glad to talk with you about that. And we would love to hear in the comments if you watch this live later, how far, you know, have you had to draw that line for your brand to go? You know, I think it's especially your personal brand, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Only as good as your name. Mm. Oh, that name gets tarnished. You you might uh, you might have problems. You might have some problems. Well, our name is Butler. That's right. Serving stuff on a silver platter. We are at your service. So I think that pretty much does enough damage for this week, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Interesting brand stories and good advice from Clay Butler. What else? I mean, what else do you need? I try. Off the cuff. I love it. (laughs) Well, anyway, we'll see y'all next week at 6 p.m. on Thursday on the Business Butler Live on the Clayton C. Butler Facebook page. We're also going to be posting it on our YouTube channel, the Clayton C. Butler YouTube channel. It's not going to be live, but we're going to post it up there anyway. Take some snippets out for LinkedIn. So follow us on all those various places. You can find it. Just search for Clayton C. Butler on any of those platforms. And it's me. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes her. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we love y'all and we will see y'all next week. My, my, <laughs> my remote control just decided it was going to disconnect for a second. So it's good timing, right? Yeah. Right before the show though, where we're like loading up the show on Facebook and everything like that, the internet went out. So like literally one minute from showtime and I'm like, ah! <laughs> but anyway, we're here and, We'll We'll be here next week at six. We'll be here next week at six. (laughs) So y'all have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Business Butler Podcast. 
To learn more about Clayton, visit ClaytonCButler.com. Need help growing your business? Then reach out to the Butler Productions team at 1-833-3-BUTLER or go to ButlerHelpMe.com. The Butler Productions podcast is property of Butler Productions, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.